become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Presents Landfill News with your host, the Jstrom. Now, here's your host, the Jstrom. That's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Landfill News, or should I say, Entertainment Landfill presents. Landfill News with the Jstrom. Yeah, that sounds more, more better, more awesome. It sounds wicked awesome, I guess. No, I'm overselling it. It sounds okay, I guess. But the, the previous episode you heard was the pilot episode that never aired on television. It was the the network saw it. Loose men, uh, what what is his name? Les Moonves. He passed on it. Um, luckily the CW picked us up and here we are guys, uh, landfill news with me, Jason, the Jstrom, whatever. Uh, but I'm here. This show is a bridge before we get to regular entertainment landfill on Friday. This is kind of just me doing my solo thing. You know, I'm kind of, um, Warming up to news stories and stuff until I get to that show, but it's I'm here to entertain you also. Uh, I look around on the internet. I've told Stephen this one time. I showed him my bookmarks, how I go in order with each website in the morning as I'm eating my breakfast or whatever. And I have these regular websites I go to, and I read different things. Uh, some of them are about TV. Some of them are about movies. Some are about video games. Some are about uh, technology and stuff like that. So I kind of mix them all in there, and that's, boom, the show comes out of that. Uh, I mentioned on the previous episode um, the Mixler app and the Podbean app. Uh, I'm wondering how many of you guys have tried it out. I have tried it out. Um, there's a few things that I... I assumed about the apps that didn't happen yet, uh, or at least not that I know of. Other people can tell me with their feedback. I think the Mixler app is very cool. Uh, I wanted to, to give push notifications on phones that, hey, we've gone live. As far as I know, it gives emails that we've gone live, which is still cool as long as you know. But I was hoping like, oh, hey, on my phone, click. I can listen or something like that. Uh, so we'll see. I haven't really been able to delve into the settings yet. The main thing is I'm not following anyone except uh, because I'm my own. I You're following me and I have no one to follow unless I pick some random live show that exists on Mixler. So I have no way of testing that part out. I've tried to 
subscribed to myself, but it doesn't work somehow. I think it's because I'm me. It's like, why do you want to do that? You're you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm confusing myself. So anyway, but the Podbean app is really cool. Uh, one thing I discovered is that... I can actually follow other podcasts that I listen to all the time. Uh, You just do a search. And in fact, if that podcast isn't on Podbean, you can add it. Yeah, you just go on podbean.com. And if you you look towards the bottom, it'll have a link to uh, add a feed or whatever. And you can actually add other podcasts and then subscribe to those on that app which is awesome. So I've got like lots of podcasts that I listen to regularly on there and wherever I am, I'm just say, Hey, wonder if there's an episode here. Boom. Cause I don't know about you guys, but I have to have earbuds when I go anywhere, when I go shopping, when I go walking around somewhere, I just need to, I mean, I know, you know, okay, sure, there's beautiful birds chirping and stuff like that. Uh, that's fine. But I also need stuff to drown out uh, everything else and just kind of, you know, just kind of relax. That's what I need. Music sometimes works. Sometimes I need voices and people talking to me while I'm doing things. Um, but th- especially in uh, doing shopping. So uh, I hope that you guys give it a try. I know a lot of you have. Try out the Podbean app. It's pretty cool, man. Technology, man. It just blows me away. Like, and what's this? I've got some people. Uh, hey, there's Adam Sexton and Carl Ream. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? I just typed in the uh, box. Uh, I don't know if I spelled was correctly, but yeah, that's pretty close, I think. Now, I want to talk about a game that was kind of on my radar, but I wasn't really even sure I wanted it or whatever, but I saw uh, a Twitch feed yesterday of uh, the guys at Games Radar playing Quantum Break for the Xbox One, and I was like, dude, I don't know, this... This game looks pretty cool, man. It's by Remedy Entertainment, the guys who did Max Payne and Alan Wank. And what's funny is I read a description. It's kind of like Max Payne and Alan Wake combined. But I was like, did I really read that or did I just see they made those games? I don't know. But it kind of looked like that. Think of the cool kind of story in Alan Wake. Because just in that playthrough, it was like for an hour... I could see some really cool story elements, and you guys may or may not know, but story is the most important thing to me when gaming, unless it's like a Twitch kind of game, you know, a shooter or something like that. But I love deep storylines, and it said in a review that I read this morning, I wish I could credit, but I've already forgotten it, that this was... A great first player, a great one player game. You know, there's no, you don't play with your friends or anything like that. It's just you playing a story. And what's cool about this, I found this um, article on heavy.com. Quantum Break, five fast facts you need to know. Quantum Break tells its story through gameplay and special live action episodes. Remember at E3, they kind of had a trailer for this and they showed actors and stuff like it's a TV series or something. So let me read this. Quantum Break is broken into two halves. 
gameplay, and assembly of live TV episodes. As you play through the game, you'll be thrown into junction points that push you to make an important decision. The decisions you make will impact the rest of the game and will also alter the events that take place within each live action episode. That sounds really cool. You know, let's see how they do it in execution. The video game portion will follow the events of the protagonist, while the TV series will play out everything that happens to the antagonists. The story beings at the fix. <laughs> Let me start that sentence over. The story begins. There's a typo in their story. It's not me that messed up, guys. The story begins at the fictional Riverport University where a time travel experiment goes horribly wrong. Time itself begins to break down. This occurrence also leads to two friends now turned enemies. Gaining time manipul oh, gaining time manipulating powers. You'll play as Jack Joyce as he looks to fix time, put a stop to Paul's plans, and stay ahead of Paul's company. Jack will encounter several individuals who will either aid him or harm him during his important mission. So, okay, that sounds like an intriguing storyline. But here's another thing. Several standout actors and actresses have roles in this. Like, hello, Sean Ashmore. That's right, Iceman from X-Men. No, not Jimmy Olsen from Smallville. That's his brother, Aaron Ashmore. You know what? There was one time where I was, uh, we were watching, you know, we used to cover Smallville on a regular basis. And I kept calling Jimmy Olsen on Smallville, Iceman. Until someone wrote me an email saying, hey, Jason, that's not Iceman. That's his twin brother. And I was like, huh? So I looked it up and it showed both brothers standing together. And I was like, mine. Just like, holy shit, it's twins. One's Iceman, one's Jimmy Olsen. So crazy. But also Dominic Monaghan is in here. Come on, Charlie from Lost. And, you know, he's in uh, Lord of the Rings. Is he Pippin or Merry? Mary Pippin. I can't remember, but somebody correct me on that. Uh, we also have Lance Reddick from The Wire, and he plays Lieutenant Broyles from, of course, the wonderful show Fringe. Hello, Mary. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and uh, it also has Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, Aiden Gillen, who was also, believe it or not, on The Wire also. So... Already, you uh, people are like, oh, here he goes again with the wire. But hey, that's they they sucked me in, didn't they? And it's got all sorts of other people in there. But those are the top names. <laughs> the main characters in the game utilize firearms and cool time manipulation abilities. Now, this is what I saw in the playthrough of the game: is you you're running around and shooting guys, jumping and shooting and stuff like that. And it kind of reminded me of uh, like if you played Uncharted, you know, you get many gun battles in there. But what if you also had time slow down type? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, now this is making me think of, it's like Uncharted and um, uh, Max Payne, uh, like, you can slow down time and stuff, so uh, it just popped into my head, but yeah, so it's pretty cool, that's a cool mechanic as long as it's utilized well in the game, and it looks like it is. Uh, it says that Jack Joyce will... 
run into Monarch Solutions security forces who will employ the use of powerful firearms and their own time-manipulating powers. Jack can fight back with the very same weapons and abilities. As you play the game, you can freeze your enemies within a time globe. You guys got that time globe? And shoot them down while they're frozen inside of it. Oh, that's kind of mean. Jack can pull off swift dashes, slow down time in order to run up on your foes for melee maneuvers, and even pull off powerful time blasts. Oh, dude, that sounds awesome! Along with those powers, Jack can choose to speed up time and protect himself. Awesome. Jay Courtney is in this? Are you just kidding, Adam? (laughs) Uh, Hey, I don't see him on this list, but maybe uh, I can't tell if Adam's joking or not. Uh, Okay, also, obtaining a copy of this game, (laughs) if you pre-order it, um, you get two Alan Wake games, I guess. Let me read this. Remedy the Entertainment also wants to make sure that Quantum Break players also get a chance to experience their earlier games. Simply by buying a copy of this game means you'll automatically receive a digital download token for Alan Wake, an Xbox 360 backwards compatible title. That version of the game also comes with its DLC add-ons, The Signal and The Rider. Now, if you choose to pre-order Quantum Break, you'll also get another backwards compatible game in the form of Alan Wake's American Nightmare. For those who get a digital copy of Quantum Break, redeeming it means you'll also get one for Windows 10. Hey! Pretty awesome. All I know is Jay Courtney should be, or Jai Courtney, I still haven't decided what his name is, should be in the every video game. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, Sam Worthington. And, of course, there's going to be an Xbox One bundle. That's right. You can buy a Quantum Break Xbox One because that's what everybody does. They buy brand new consoles for every game that comes out. I don't understand why they have these. (laughs) Unless it's... I just picture some rich guy who buys every console version of a video game that comes out. Video game console? Uh, I'm confusing myself. If you still haven't managed to obtain a co- uh, an Xbox One you're and you're pretty o- amped up for Quantum Break, this bundle seems the way to go. It comes with a white version that includes a 500 gigabyte hard drive. Woohoo! Not only that, you'll obtain a digital download token for Quantum Break. Um, here's the thing. After watching that, I've had this, um, I've been saving up for No Man's Sky on the PS4 for a while now, and that comes out in June, but just by watching this playthrough, I went ahead and pre-ordered Quantum Break. (laughs) I had to! I was like, I want to play this game as soon as it comes out. So, I'm going to play Quantum Break next week, and I'm going to Twitch it live on uh, twitch.com slash the jstream so if you guys want to watch me play that and we'll just see how cool it is um but hell i'm sold i'm interested in the tv show video game aspect what it sounds to me when they say tv show is it looks like live action cutscenes with actors um i don't know why they call it a tv show it's not like or i don't really understand that part is it just part of the game or am I going to watch quantum break every week? (laughs) I guess I'll figure it out when it comes out. Um, I guess 
Oh, another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. I don't uh, for anyone who watches Supergirl or The Flash or one or the other or both. Um, this week, or it was Monday, The Flash visited Supergirl, and I thought it was a really cool episode. It's a uh, you know Supergirl is a is a fun show. It can be cheesy, kind of corny, but it, once you're into that mindset of that, it's just kind of a fun show for the family, and you know it's got these kind of cheesy bad guys but i always think it's fun and um i will always watch it with my wife uh and my daughter she's already lost interest but the flash showed up and i do love the flash i think that's a great show so seeing those two characters get together is a lot of fun and i hope they do more of those type of crossovers i thought uh, i thought it was a blast um and that's what tv should be right it should be fun shouldn't all be like violent stuff that disturbs us, right? Okay, now here's um, another story. Um, Amazon's Tick reboot aims to stand out in a crowded superhero landscape. This is from EW. Uh, in a conversation with EW, series original producers explain how now is the right time for a comeback of the Tick in a pop culture landscape absolutely jam-packed with superheroes. How do you break out from the crowd? Amazon Studios and the producers of the 2001 short-lived live-action series The Tick hope they have the answer. They're teaming they're teaming to produce a pilot reviving the series, an adaptation of Bed Endland's 1980s and 90s comic book of the same name. British actor comedian Peter Serafinowicz will play the titular uh, blue-clad protagonist. You know, I talked about that last week. Uh, Fifteen years ago, Fox canceled The Tick. I'm wondering, I'm curious if you guys watch that show. I I thought it was fun. I mean, yeah, it's it's beyond bizarre, the tick, but it was a fun show and it was almost like as you were watching it, you were like there's no way this survives another season. It was kind of like an experiment, you know. And uh, let's see, Barry Josephson, one of the producers, said at the time the network didn't get it. And I don't know that we're doing exactly that version that was right, but we were happy with it. Indeed, while the series might have ended prematurely, Josephson that he was asked constantly by friends and strangers when the show might make a return. The producer reached out to Edland and said, let's go back and do the tick right. Now, I remember Stephen collected the tick the comic book and uh he would it would be the kind of thing where we'd each have our pile of comics and he'd go here check this out and he'd hand me the tick and i would read it and i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny it it's it's hard to explain the tone of it but it's really everyone else in the comic book is serious it's like a serious comic book Okay, yeah, let me think of it like Think of Daredevil, the world of Daredevil, and then the tick shows up in that world of Daredevil. He doesn't fit in at all. He's absolutely ridiculous, and there's also ridiculous villains that show up. But it's almost like the tone of it is like a serious comic book, but then a ridiculous like, guy in there. I don't know. Maybe Steven will do better, but I'm kind of curious about this. They said they want a, basically a darker show which i don't know what that means except maybe they want to do it in a darker world of serious superheroes and then the tick shows up to throw everything on its ear or something i don't know okay i have another 
cool story. This one caught my eye. Uh, remember how in Aliens, Sigourney Reaver or uh, Ripley, Ripley wore these cool Reebok high tops. I don't know if they're cool, but they were like futuristic <laughs> Reebok high tops. Well, guess what? Soon you're going to be able to buy some. That's right. As far as cinematic sneakers goes, the Nike Air Mag gets a lot of shine, which I believe uh, are, uh, I don't know if they come in my size. Sure they do, but the swooshes futuristic silhouette may have soon may soon have some competition in the Reebok Alien Stomper. The sneakers worn by Sigourney Reaver in the 86 Classic Aliens and designed specifically for the film are finally hitting retail on April 26 as part of the Aliens Day uh, festivities. Think of it as James Cameron's version of May the 4th. Reebok has released limited edition mid-top of the sneaker, but 2016 marks the first time that a high-top replica will hit the market. There's no pricing info for the shoes as of yet. Oh, be sure they're going to be way overpriced. So, much like the Marty McFly sneakers, they're now releasing Ripley sneakers. And I think that's awesome. I don't know if uh, these would look good on me. I really... (laughs) These are the kind of things you buy and stick on a shelf. Just like the Marty McFly sneakers, right? Unless you're going to some kind of event where you're cosplaying. That's the only other thing. I, this is for cosplayers, I guess, or collectors, but it's still neat. And I was trying to think of other movies that have uh, futuristic versions of something like clothes. And I I don't know. Does like Demolition Man, does Sylvester Stallone wear any Nikes or Pumas or something? <laughs> I don't know, but I thought that was pretty cool. In a kind of, well, I will never be buying these, but it's neat that it exists kind of thing. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm going to buy some. All right. Yeah. Woohoo. I'll just talk, uh, walk in. <laughs> My wife's like, what the hell is on your feet? Because you got to see what these shoes look like. I don't see anybody wearing these. Um, here's a story you nobody cares about. The Blacklist is spinning off a new series with Fomka Jansen. Yeah. I actually watched The Blacklist with my wife and I just groaned during the whole show. Like, oh God, another episode. But the Backdoor Pilot will air May 12th and will be directed by Justified alum Michael Dinner. Hey. <laughs> NBC is looking to take the blacklist to the next level. The network is teaming with producers on the James Spader show for a spinoff. I already said that, but it, um, yeah, as you just said, Adam, Fomka Jansen, she's easy on the eyes and she's pretty cool. I you know, she's underutilized in the X-Men movies. She always has been, especially now that they have the prequel films and, I, she was on that Netflix series. Um, what was that called? I can't even remember it. She was on a recent Netflix series called something. And uh, <laughs> Fear the Blacklist. That's a good one. That's a good one, Carl. Um, but <clears throat> let's see. Um, she's going to play somebody on the show and it's going to spin off. Whatever. I doubt I'll be watching it. No, are you kidding? I will. See, that's the thing. If you watch um, The Blacklist, 
the show is ridiculous, but the best thing about it is James Spader. He carries that show, and he's so funny and entertaining that he's the only reason to watch it. So unless Fomka Jansen can do something like that and carry a show, I don't see what the point of it is. In fact, you could probably just just find these actors that can carry shows and just throw them in whatever shows. I've never seen the Scott Bakula NCIS, but that was a good idea. Get Scott Bakula in there. He can carry whatever stupid lines they have. Uh, I need a cough button. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yes, you're excused, Adam. Okay, here's another story. Jennifer Lawrence is dying to come back for more X-Men films. <laughs> this one from Empire. I don't know if you guys remember that this was supposed to be her final X-Men film. Um, the, the one that's yet to come out, X-Men Apocalypse. But according to her, she's dying to come back. She loves these movies. She loves being in them. And she loves that they're ensemble movies. And the movie doesn't weigh on any one actor's shoulders. So I can see right there. That's why she wants to do it. It's fun. She gets paid a lot of money and she's not in the entire film. So, Hey, woo. I don't mind. That's fine. Mystique is a character that back when I read X-Men comics, I never thought much of her. It's, it's kind of weird. Like her character, because she's Jennifer Lawrence, became a bigger character. Well, actually, you know, that's a stupid thing to say because she's pretty prominent in the earlier X-Men films. Rebecca Romaine Stamos played her. Or she's just Rebecca Romaine now. Remember, she divorced John Stamos a long time ago. I don't know why I'm calling her that. But uh, what about you guys? Are you excited about X-Men Apocalypse? I think um, the latest trailer makes it look pretty exciting. What's funny, the tone of those films is always so serious, isn't it? I mean, they have their fun stuff. Like the last one, I like the they played around with the time period and Quicksilver was fun. But I, I think they're good. As long as we don't talk about X-Men The Last Stand. Um, they're very entertaining films. <laughs> Dumb trailers, but yes, excited. Thanks, Adam. All right. Now here's a story that will annoy me. And uh, should annoy everyone else. It just is one of those stories that drives me nuts. As I mentioned before, I quit The Walking Dead. Um, I n never finished last season. Never saw the finale. And I haven't seen a single episode from this season. But I to make a point of how ridiculous Walking Dead stories are, like you, I see them all the time on different websites, filled with all sorts of hyperbole that drives me nuts about how this season you're oh my god you are not gonna believe the shit you're gonna see oh my oh you aren't gonna believe who gets killed on this show you aren't gonna believe the shit we have in store for you you are gonna have nightmares for the rest of your life <laughs> and straddle punching <laughs> but the ew has this headline the Walking Dead, Andrew Lincoln says, Negan makes the greatest entrance ever written. 
Oh, really? Wow. They've really outdone themselves on this episode. The greatest entrance ever written. Think of every entrance you've ever seen in anything. This is going to be better. Remember what I said about hyperbole? <laughs> he was just talking out of his ass, but he sees the headline now. He's like, oh, man, I just wanted them to leave me alone. I was on my lunch break. As the Walking Dead star, Andrew Lincoln says, what sort of character fans should embrace themselves for the arrival of Neek? <laughs> I can't even read this. <laughs> it's so stupid. You know, he begins, just get ready, man. Just get ready. Lincoln shares that the producer, Greg Nicotero, who directed this episode, has called it the best one yet. Wait, wait. Greg Nicotero, who directed the episode, called it the best one yet? Wow, he's really humble, isn't he? <laughs> Lincoln seems to agree, especially when it comes to the introduction of his soon-to-be on-screen nemesis. What I'd rather him say is Lincoln agrees with his own uh, performance. It's the best performance I've ever done. They're all just blowing smoke up their own asses. But he says that I read the script and I went, this is the greatest entrance ever written. Wow. Could it be any better than the entrance into Jurassic Park with those two doors? That's a great entrance. Am I right? There's no way they can top that. Are they going to have a Negan entrance with giant doors? I don't think so. Of course, that dramatic entrance may lead to a little jealousy among the cast when it comes to Negan actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan. First of all, stop making me say Negan. Nobody on the planet Earth has ever had that name before. It's just some shit that Robert Kirkman pulled out of his ass. All the guys were going, oh man, I wish I had gotten this guy, says Lincoln with a laugh. It's incredible, although it's also kind of unbearable. Norman and I were like, all the girls on set are going to love him. Yeah, that's a great story. I'm so happy I wasted your time with it. <laughs> so <laughs> so you guys can get excited for that. But it's just the, the shit that surrounds The Walking Dead. I mean, for Christ's sakes, this show has a wrap-up show for every episode, every week. And it's just more shit heaped on it. Like, oh, wow. Like Chris Hardwick is like, there's this music as uh, he goes, wow, guys, that was a man. That was a tough episode to watch guys. We'll be right back right after this. And he's just like, he's out of breath of what he just saw. Shut up. It's a TV show. You don't care that much. You're getting paid to care when he comes back. He's like, okay, we lost uh, a major character this week. And, um, uh, I want to introduce that actor. And then everyone's like, and they sit down and it's like, so, hey, how did you feel when you got the word that uh, you were going to die? It's like, I say goodbye to all my friends. And uh, it's like, you're not really dead. You're just not on the show anymore. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, here's a, this just in. Uh, Foggy has handed me this uh, news here. Uh, Margot Robbie punched Alexander Sarsgaard. Skarsgård. During a Legend of Tarzan sex scene. <laughs> this is also an Entertainment Weekly, which is a great place for our news stories, guys. Um, few romances have been adapted for the screen as often as the saga of Tarzan and Jane. Really? I think I might um, 
argue with that. Few romances have been adapted for the screen as often as Tarzan and Jane. Huh. Hmm. Okay. I, I mean, I know that there was the Johnny Weissmuller show. And it had Boy. Do you guys remember the kid named Boy? <laughs> and also, you know, they had Greystoke with Christopher Lambert. There can be only one Tarzan. Uh, but when Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows director, David Yates, set out to cast the leading lady in this upcoming blockbuster, Tar- The Legend of Tarzan, he knew he needed a Jane who, yes, had chemistry with Alexander Skarsgård, but could also fend for herself in the wilderness. He found both in Margot Robbie. If you enter the jungle with anybody, you wanted to go with Margot, Yates said. She's practical, and she's smart, and she's resourceful. She can take care of herself. Oh, okay. And she, like, gorillas in the mist. She can just beat up uh, animals. As the Jane to Sarsgaard's Tarzan, Skarsgård, I can't say that, Robbie is anything but a passive wife who sits around waiting to be saved. Even We still haven't gotten to the hitting part in the story. Even when Christoph Waltz's villainous Leon Rome tries... Wait, Christoph Waltz is the bad guy in Tarzan? I thought he just was, like, you know, territorial with other gorillas or something. Uh, It was very important that we didn't want it to feel archaic or dated, where it's like, tough guy has to save poor girl. You have to feel that she's strong and independent when you cast Margot. You definitely get that. All right. God. Okay. She's a tough chick. Okay. So anyway, here's the story, guys. They're doing this love scene, right? And I said to Robbie, just slap Alex while you're making love. Just kind of like give him a punch. It was sort of an earthy, sensual moment of her enjoying sex. And the only bruise he picked up during the entire shoot was probably from that punch from Margot. Which says a lot about her feistiness? What? What? This is a story on Entertainment Weekly. So they, they've... Uh, okay, she's a real feisty actress, and he told her to hit him during their simulated sex scene, and so she did it, and hey, so you told you guys she was feisty? It's like, no, you just told her to do it, asshole! I don't understand! I don't know. So that's that's that story there. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I don't know. I need to drink after that. I have some sad news. Um, it's not really sad, but I just thought I would change the tempo here. Uh, yeah, me too. Ro- uh, Margot Robbie needs to punch the article writer. Tom Hiddleston says that Thor Ragnarok will be his last time as Loki. No! Loki! Tom Hiddleston's Loki has been one of the most endearing and exciting characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Despite the fact that he's the villain of not one, but three Marvel movies. Fans love Loki, and they can't seem to get enough of him. But if Tom Hiddleston is to be believed, you should enjoy Thor Ragnarok, because that will be the last you see of him. Hiddleston spoke to The Daily Beast as he was out promoting his Hank Williams biopic, I Saw the Light. And when asked perfectly normal and expected question, he had a very unexpected response. 
four three will be cool because I've not done it for four years. I wait. Thor 3 will be cool because I've not done it for four years. I love working with Chris. This will be my last time out of the gate. Say what? <clears throat> That's what the article says, not me. Which is almost exactly the response the reporter had. Perhaps realizing his mistake, Hiddleston immediately began to backtrack. I don't know, honestly. I don't know. They make it up as they go along. Which is not necessarily true, considering Marvel has been building the Infinity War for some time now. And when Christoph, when writers Christoph Marcus and Stephen McFeely were hired in May of last year to write the script, they probably had this all figured out. Really, there's only one movie after Thor Ragnarok that Loki would be involved in, and that would either be the two-part Avengers Infinity War or something else, like a Cloak and Dagger movie. Oh, I don't know. They don't tell me. So anyway, guys, Tom Hiddleston's final movie may or may not be Thor. <laughs> Just is it? It didn't sound convincing to me. He was talking out of his ass. So guys, um, that was landfill news. That's all the stories I have marked down. I'm really excited for a Quantum Break. I can't wait to play that. How cool is that going to be? I have no idea. I haven't even seen reviews for it. Not number reviews, just one guy's take on it, and it was enough to sell me. I mean, I really liked... Um, uh, oh, shit, I don't even remember which version of that. One of the Max Payne games I played for the um, Xbox 360, I think. It could have been the PS2. That's a pretty old franchise, right? It was probably the PS3. Holy shit. Real memorable, huh? <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to play this, and I'll let you know what I think of it. Um, and stuff like that. I'm really excited for uh, us doing a show this Friday. Hopefully that'll happen. Uh, because um, I want to talk to Steven and Bill about all sorts of stuff. Like always, you know. But um, before I go, I wanted to talk about Hardcore Henry. I want to see this film. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it looks pretty amazing. Talk about like VR and shit. Can you imagine watching that movie with VR goggles? Holy shit. The whole movie is done in first person. Um, there's only a few reviews right now on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Oh, oh, now there's a rotten one. But there's 16 fresh reviews and one rotten. Not that that means anything. Like I've said before, you know, all opinions are their own opinions. You know, it's, it's art is subjective. You may see something you like in it. They may not. But uh, it looks amazing. And I know better than that I'll take my wife to see it. I'll see it with Steven. <laughs> But I can't wait to see that. And uh, that comes out on um, zzz, April 8th. Yeah, April 8th. Um, so, shit. I was thinking it came out this Friday. Damn! Comes out uh, a week from now. But, oh well. We need to take a week off from seeing movies anyway. We've got other stuff to do. But, guys, thank you so much for listening to Landfill News Episode 1. I hope you guys dig it. If you want, go to nimpodcast at gmail.com and send me an email. Oh, and that's another thing. I got uh, an email this week 
telling me K7 voicemail service that we've used for years was going out of business and the at the end of the month they will no longer exist. So you know how I always give out the voicemail number? It doesn't exist anymore at the end of this month. So if you guys want to send me a voicemail one last time on that service, you can. <clears throat> Send it to 1206-309-4729 because it'll be the final time. But let's face it, in this day and age of smartphones, nobody needs uh, voicemails anymore. Guys, record it on your smartphone, attach it in an email, and send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Twitter. I'm the Jstrom. Follow Bill, Mowbray Bill. Follow Steven if you want. Not that it matters. He never tweets anything unless it's sarcastically. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And also, um, I'm sorry for – I haven't done uh, Chuck Series Companion lately. I've kind of had these ideas for other shows, but I will get back to that. Definitely. It's not dead in the water or anything. I'm going to do a new Chuck episode. And I keep meaning to do one and fit one in, but uh, it's been hard – between other things I'm doing, but I'm going to do another one. Okay. So anybody who enjoys that show, just know it's coming, but, uh, also check out nimpodcast at blogspot.com nimpodcast.blogspot.com. That's the site where you'll see all of our shows. You also find a link to iTunes and find a link to our show archive, even though it's incomplete at the time, but you'll find a lot of our old episodes there. And I'm also working on some other things that I'll be excited to announce later. But uh, I'm ha- I'm I'm have this surge of uh, just um, uh, not words because I can't think of anything. <laughs> I have this surge of creativity right now, and I want to keep cranking it out. And so, guys, thank you for listening to the show, and also thank you for being a patron. If you are, I love my patrons. Patrons of ETL, thank you so much. Um, And uh, I'll keep doing shows. And I want to thank Carl and Adam specifically for listening live in the chat room. Thank you guys so much. It's awesome. And I'm going to do this regularly every Wednesday. And you guys are probably wondering, wait, I thought he was going until 2 or whatever. I actually started a little early. And uh, the show isn't necessarily going to be an hour every week. It'll be... Until I run out of news, basically. <laughs> but I actually want to do it where you guys can call in if you want and talk to me on the show. I'm going to get a Skype number back and all that. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you guys are cracking me up. <laughs> I Thank you. I am really good at quantum mechanics, but, uh, I love Patty, don't you guys? Oh, hell no. The devil is a liar. Oh, that's right. The devil is a liar. And, uh, guys, you're really good at this science stuff. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. Oh, that's good. The power of pain compels you! (laughs) Ow! No, seriously, I want to do more trailer reacts where we just react to a trailer, whether it be... It might be more fun to do bad trailers like God's Not Dead 2, but... (laughs) But just anything. I'm waiting for another big trailer to come out for us to do it. Because I want it to work like a trailer comes out, like whatever day it hits in the week, 
we recorded immediately. If I can get a hold of Bill or whoever, hey, come react to this trailer with me and let's do this. So it's going to be really cool. The Nice Guys trailer? Yeah, I thought about that. We'll see. Because some of them are going to be really complimentary and some are not so much. But it depends on the trailer. And remember, it doesn't necessarily mean we think the movie's going to be bad. We just think the trailer is bad or good. Or My favorite thing that we're going to do, though, or what I'm excited about, is to point out all the repeating trailer cliches that are out there. Like the singing and all that at the beginning. Um, stuff like that. I can't wait till the beginning of the month where I'm going to finally get Mixler for an account for... And I'm going to go as long as I want. But guys, that's the show. And I'll... What are you guys waiting for? Get up there and experience more film, television, and pop culture. And I'll see you next time. Woohoo! Now this is podcasting. Casting.